So welcome to the second session of our Life Discover Talks. In our first session, we talked about what is a disciple. And we looked at a disciple being a student who just doesn't learn things from their teacher, but actually seeks to become like their teacher. And our teacher, of course, is Jesus. And we seek to follow him, serve him and become more like him in this lifelong journey. We recognise that being a disciple of Jesus is a lifelong response to God's gracious work in our lives. It begins with the gift of salvation and forgiveness, and it progresses to a life of faith and obedience. But in this journey, there is something that is really important to remember. We are not heading to a destination that goes towards Jesus. This isn't a programme that's going to help us get closer to Jesus. This is about acknowledging that Jesus is already with us. We're not on a journey to him. We're on a journey with him. We're on a journey, as the prophet Isaiah reminds us, with an almighty God who is Prince of Peace, everlasting father, who is a wonderful counsellor. And effectively, we get to journey with this amazing God. Now, we know that this journey takes place in a very fragile world. It takes place in a, in a fallen world. And it's a fallen world that desperately needs to know this wonderful counsellor, this Prince of Peace, this everlasting father. And there are times on this journey that we ourselves as followers and disciples of Christ are in seasons and moments of joy and of pleasure and of confidence and comfort and hope. But there are moments because of the nature of this world where we can also experience seasons of pain and confusion, despair and uncertainty. Disciples don't get an exemption from those seasons. But what we do have are a bunch of tools and resources that help us through those moments, that help us grow and mature to deal with all seasons in life. Now, that's why as a church, we need to have a plan for discipling, for making disciples, so that we all have the tools needed to develop and mature in our faith. As we said in session one, this is not just for a select few. This is for everybody. We all need this and we all need companions to do this journey with. And of course, the church should provide the means for you to do this journey with others. And at any point, we encourage you to connect into a Life Discover group with, with just two or three others. And please do contact the church. And we've left details in the descriptions on this video and audio. And however we do this journey, we need to ensure that it is always with God, not for God or to God. We recognise that he is with us and we need to spend time with him. We need to know that we have someone who is with us to guide us through the rough terrain, through the obstacles and through sometimes the onslaughts of this journey. The benefits of spending time with God are immeasurable. There are too many to mention, but I'm going to try and outline some of what I see happens in people's lives when they journey with God and they spend time with him. I think having time with God helps us to understand our own mortality, our own humanness, that our hope is not in what is seen, but is unseen. When we spend time with God, we get an eternal perspective and that changes all our priorities in life. I think spending time with God affects our lifestyle. It helps us to realise the preciousness of what we have. It reminds us that things and possessions are fleeting, that they come and go. Spending time with God helps us to understand that our life is not our own. We were reminded in that first talk that he is the author of our life. Galatians 2.20 says that my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And Romans 6.4 says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Those verses remind us that we've exchanged our life for the life of the risen Christ. 
Spending time with God helps us to recognise that we look to God rather than the world to meet our needs. We become more motivated by the things that God declares to be important than by the things that the world says are important. And being with God helps us to see that the Christian life is not just a box to open at certain times in our life, that this is that lifelong continual walk. We don't put Jesus in a box and bring him out for church and for spiritual stuff. Spending time with God helps us to understand that we can't separate our family life and our work life, our financial dealings or any of our ethics from our Christian life. We do all things with him. There is in effect no secular or mainstream world or religious world. This is simply God's world. And this journey of being with and spending time with God helps us to understand his authority and lordship over every aspect of our life. Spending time with God helps us to understand that we are human beings, not human doings. Again, the world tells us that we are uh, what we are is what we achieve and what we accomplish. But scripture teaches us that we are in Christ and that is the basis for what we do. And we'll look more at that in our next couple of sessions at what it means to be a child of God and to be God's masterpiece. When we spend time with God, we recognise the dynamic power and presence of his Holy Spirit. His supernatural presence walks with us and takes us through many battles. We know there are systems and forces at play in the world, that they are the forces of good and evil, that we ourselves have such a capacity for sin, even as believers and followers. But being with God helps us in those battles. Spending time with God helps us to understand that we're also part of this high calling to see the life of Christ in others, to be disciples who make disciples. Yes, discipleship is about our growth, but it always desires to see growth in others. And as we spend time with God, we recognise that need to be in community, that yes, we have an individual faith and an individual relationship, but we also have a corporate relationship with each other and with God. And this is a place where we can encourage each other, where we can be accountable to each other and sharpen each other, where we can worship together and see our lives transformed together. It's the place where we become other-centred, where we can use our gifts for others for mutual benefit. And spending time with God helps us to truly understand the nature and the purpose of the church, where we truly know what it is to be a servant, to see people cared for and renewed. Time with God shapes the whole of our lives. So we know that we need to spend time with him. But how do we go about spending time with God? Now, there are lots of different approaches, and I thank God for that. I thank God that we are different when it comes to spending time with him. And we must remember that there isn't a single formula or a single method that works for everybody. This journey has several paths and several facets that all contribute towards that larger whole of being with God. So I encourage you to reflect on your own lifelong journey, however long or short that's been with God. What have been the most significant experiences that you've had with God? And if you're in a group, share those with each other. And when you share together, you'll see how varied those experiences are of being with God. When we think about how we get to know people, we get to know people in lots of different ways. We, we talk to them. Hopefully we listen to them. We may work alongside them. We may relax together with them. We may laugh together with them. There is not one way to engage in a relationship with another person. And the same is true for us as Christians in our walk with God and in our relationship with him. You may go for a walk and, and just listen and watch and observe creation and, and God often speaks. You may put on worship music, music in your car or on your headphones and God reminds you of who he is in a song. 
You may do things like plant stuff in a garden. You may simply just be in a place of quiet and solitude. You might be doing a chore and, and you might find it particularly dull, but in the dullness, God just seems to speak. You may have a favourite chair or space that you need to go to. If you have children and maybe you're playing a childish game, it just may remind you of the care and compassion that God has for you as his child, that he loves you. Even in that beautiful simplicity of a conversation with a young child, God is there and he will speak. You may journal, you may write down thoughts and you realise how much God is speaking into your life when you write down those thoughts. But essentially, I want to just focus on three ways that we can grow in our relationship with God. And we will explore these ways in more detail in future talks. But for now, let's just summarise some of those. Firstly, we get to know God through reading the Bible. The Bible is called the Word of God, and it's called the Word of God because God speaks his words to us. He reveals his love for us. It shows us how we can know him, how we can live in his love. And the Bible, as we read it, should be changing our hearts and our minds. We get to know what God is like. We get to understand his plans and purposes for life. Romans 15 verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. And Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. We spend time with God in scripture and we look more at that in session 10. We also get to know God through prayer. Now we make prayer quite complicated at times, but prayer is just simply talking with God, speaking with him and letting him speak with us because prayer is about listening as well, not just speaking out prayers. He answers us, he encourages us, he guides us and he gives us strength. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says that prayer is the key to helping us with our problems and anxieties. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Prayer is so key to spending time with God. And we will look, that, look at that in more detail in session 13. And finally, we get to know God and spend time with God through the church. The church is the family of God. It's the place where we all get to connect and worship him together, where we grow in faith and in love. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So he's with you in your small discover group. He's with you in your larger equip group or friends group or, or life giving group. He's with you in our large Sunday gatherings. Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In church, we spur each other on in this journey. It's why we do life discover as a, as a, as a church. It's spurring each other on. It's one of our responsibilities as a body of people together. So in your worksheet, you're going to uh, be encouraged to spend time with God in a, in a way that I and many others use called divine reading. It has a Latin phrase called Lectio Divina, but we'll call it divine reading for now. And I want to encourage you to do this exercise on your own and do a few things. So we're going to now just read Psalm 1 together. And after we read it the first time, just spend some moments just taking it in and considering what it means. So here's Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, 
meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So after reading it through once, I'm going to encourage you to read it again for a second time. And this time, pick out words and phrases and images that resonate with you. And then you're going to read it for a third time. And this time, just spend some time after you read it in silence, asking God what he is showing you through the text as you pray. And then read it for a fourth time. And this time, consider what God might be calling you to do to respond. What action might you need to take? I'd advise you to have a pen and paper with you. And perhaps try it with another passage as well, if you wish, and share in your group any thoughts and insights that you got from Psalm 1 just by doing this practice of divine reading. So enjoy spending time with God. Work through on your own and together on the worksheet that we're giving you. And I'll see you again for our next session when we focus on being children of God. God bless you all.